0: Well, good morning. Um, Sounded like some of you were asleep. Good morning. morning. That's a bit better. That's a bit. Are you glad to be in church this morning? That's good. I'm glad to be with you. Uh, It's actually our first time in church uh, for a couple of weeks. I've been on paternity leave. It's actually Hope's first time in church. So it's good uh, to be with you uh, this morning. And uh, this morning's message is called um, Peace on Earth. And... um, and just a bit of background before we get into um, the, the passage we're going to look at, which if you've got a Bible, is Luke chapter 2. Um, now, it might be quite familiar to you, but I want to encourage you that sometimes familiarity can lead us kind of to be complacent. And sometimes can lead us to kind of switch off uh, to what God might want to say to you this morning. And that's so often the case, especially uh, as a preacher, you find that when you get to places, times like Christmas, you go, oh, they've heard it all before. But the reality is we can never really hear it all before because God always wants to continually speak to us. There's always more when it comes to God. So hopefully as you come this morning, even though it might be a really familiar passage to you, it might not be, which is great. Well, it's great to have you in church this morning or watching online. But if it's really familiar to you, please don't switch off. But let's see what God might want to say to you this morning from this passage you may have heard many, many times over many, many Christmases. So background, the Mary has already been visited by angel Gabriel, who's told her that she's going to have a baby. She's to call him Jesus and that he's going to save his, pe- his people from their sin. And Caesar Augustus has then uh, turned up and uh, the emperor of Rome has turned up and said that everyone needs to turn to their, um, their hometown and register uh, as part of a census. Joseph, who's engaged um, to Mary, is from a town called Bethlehem. And there's all, all sorts of messiness going on in terms of being engaged and all that was going on in that time and culture. But we won't go into that uh, today. But anyway, so Mary and Joseph have to travel just under 100 miles uh, to get to Bethlehem, which by car, apparently, according to Google, would take two and a half hours. Apparently, it would take 33 hours to walk there. So, my wife has recently given birth. And if I was to say to her just before she was about to give birth, let's go for a 100-mile walk. It's going to take about 33 hours. But when we get there, we'll have somewhere to stay. Um, Remember, there's no sat-nav, there's no cars, but nine months pregnant, and now we've got to waddle our way all the way to Bethlehem. They get there, not being able to plan ahead and call on or or book online like a travel lodge. I mean, that would have been travelogical. Everywhere is full. Everywhere is full. So they end up staying in a stable. Well, it might have been a stable. It might have been a cave. It might have been in a poor person's house where they actually lived with the animals and kept the animals inside. We don't really know. But all we know is that it wasn't very hygienic. It wasn't the sort of place that you want to give birth. And there were animals around and Jesus was laid into, when he was born, he was laid into this animal's feeding trough. And it came time Jesus was to be born. He was placed in the manger and I hazard a guess and you can disagree with me if you really want. But I don't think you've got much of a leg to stand on. But I think away in a manger is a, bit of, is a load of rubbish. Because right, just, just, just bear with me. No crying he makes? (laughs) Like this is lived experience for me right now. No crying he makes is is not really true, is it? Come on, like Jesus would have been crying. I mean, they probably would have been concerned if he wasn't crying. And the reality is he he definitely was put into the animal feeding trough, into the manger. We, We read down scripture, but I don't know if he's like me. If Mary and Joseph were anything like me at all, I'm sure he wasn't in that manger too long. I'm sure they would have held him and wanted to just look into his eyes and look at their... you know the thing that fascinates me so much about newborns is their hands, like their fingernails, and the fact that all these lines I have on my hands and the crease in my hands are already there. It's just so beautiful. I'm sure they would have been doing that. But as well as that, I'm sure that Mary would have been feeding. And I'm sure that they would have both been... Covered and sick like I was just before we got I'm up. Sure, I'm sure they would have been changing nappies and burping him and all of that. This is my lived experience. But you know, why do I say all of this? Because I want to encourage you not to over sanitize Christmas. Not to over sanitize Christmas. We've been sold this picture that Jesus, it's all this really nice, quaint little scene. When the wise men are there, well, they weren't there in the stable. My nativity at home is wrong, just like yours is. Where it's this really nice, peaceful scene. I don't think it really was. However, in that stable, in that moment, peace arrived on earth. And his name is Jesus. So I if you've got a Bible with, uh, with you, I'm going to read this passage from Luke chapter 2. We're going to start at verse 8. and We're going to focus this morning on the shepherds and what they are told and then their response to what they are told. And it says this, and there were shepherds living out on the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Not surprising, right? But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Really? They're there chilling in the field, looking after their sheep, and bam, out of nowhere, the glory of the Lord shines around them and comes in front of them. I'm not surprised that they are terrified. Do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you and you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, this is a key verse for us this morning. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. have been told. Peace on earth. And on earth, peace on whom his favor rests. I mean, what is peace? In the Bible, there are two words that are used for, for peace. It, 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 we've got the Hebrew word shalom, which, which means peace, which is this all encompassing, holistic peace between God and man and God and his creation, shalom. It refers to peace in relationship, which is so holistic. But this isn't the peace that's spoken of here. It's, it's irene, which, which is the Greek word for peace, which is about a rest. It's, it's about resting and about confidence in God. It's about resting in, in assurance of Emmanuel, God with us. And Paul picks up on this a little bit in, in 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 16. He says, now may the Lord of peace, may the, the Lord of Irene himself, give you Irene, give you peace at all times and in every way, the Lord be with all of you. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was younger, I was kind of scared of the dark. And I would want the landing light to stay on so I could just get that sort of glimmer of light coming in through the cracks around the door. I wanted to know that my parents were in in the house and that would sort of reassure me. But there were times, if I'm honest, where I would sort of sneak out of the bedroom and I sort of creep down a few stairs and I'd look through the banister just to double check. The light might have been on. I kind of knew they were downstairs, but I needed to see them. I needed that assurance that they were there with me. And when I knew that, that was cool. I could go to bed and I could I would have that peace that I could go to bed. I wasn't consumed by fear because I was confident that they were there, that they were present, that they were with me. There would be so many times uh, in parenting Judah where he's maybe been scared of something or something's happened. And uh, maybe not as much anymore now he's getting a bit bigger. But I used to hold him in my arms and just say, it's okay. Daddy's here. It's okay. And that would bring him, some of the time at least, some assurance and calm him down. And you know, it's kind of the same for me now. Now I'm not scared of the dark in the same way anymore. But there are circumstances that, if I'm honest, they can, they can scare me. They, the, the uncertainty of maybe it could be finances, maybe it can be future, maybe it can be illness, maybe it can, if I'm honest, be church planting. And I'm like, ah. Until I remember, till I get the right perspective, till I remind myself or remind my soul that I am not alone that God is with me it's one of the things that I love just be reminded of each Christmas and I need to remind myself more than just at Christmas that Emmanuel that Jesus that God is with us that God is with me that God is with you And all wrapped up in this peace as the assurance of God being with us, but also the assurance of his power, his, his salvation, the assurance that, of the peace that we have with God through what Jesus did for us. So it says in Romans 5 verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace. We have irene with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This newborn baby. That the angels told the shepherds of. Would not stay a baby. But as he grew up. He would save us. That we can have this true. Everlasting eternal. Peace. Both now. Now and forevermore See, Jesus purpose in coming to earth was so that we could have peace peace with God this is his purpose we we, we read it the angels say this in verses 10 and 11 the angel said to them do not be afraid I bring you good news I mean that's good news this morning isn't that we can have peace with God yeah Well, some of you might need reminding. This is good news that will cause great joy. Maybe some of us need to tell that to ourselves, that this should be something that gives us joy this morning. I know I can't see your faces, but maybe you might want to smile. You might want to have some joy that might well up inside of you, because this is good news that that day, 2,000 years ago, in that town of Bethlehem, the town of David, a savior was born. He's the Messiah, the Lord. I don't know about you, but that's good news. That that, that causes joy to well up inside of me. Whether I've got a mask on or a mask off, whatever way I can have joy in my heart, in my life, and it doesn't have to be so deep that I don't show it to other people. Maybe that's God speaking to some of us. And then the angels proclaim... Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Glory to God. Then, about you, but in response to that good news, I want to give glory to God. Glory is about giving honor to God, crediting God for all that he's worthy of. And maybe we need to credit him for a lot more than we often do. The angels are proclaiming, God, we honor you. God, we we give you credit. We, We magnify you. You are so awesome. You are just so, wow. We honor you, God. Glory to God in the highest. And then they go on saying, on earth, this is what they declare. On earth, peace on whom his favor rests. On earth, peace. And this place that we inhabit in, in your life, in my life, in the turbulence of COVID-19, which is going on and on and on. Peace. Peace. Our world, I am, if I'm honest at times, crying out for peace. It's more of a sense of peace. And Jesus came so that we can have such peace in our lives and in relationships with, with him. Because if we're honest, so often as humans, are, we're on a journey. And so often on our journey, we kind of like to do things our own way. And that ends up with us. It leads us to sinning, doesn't it? It leads us to dishonoring God. It leads us to displeasing him. It brings, us, it, it, it brings unrest where there isn't peace. But this is why Jesus came, isn't it? That 2,000 years ago, he would provide a way for peace. Not just provide a way, but he himself came as peace. And as I was saying earlier, one of the challenges of the Christmas season is we get caught up with Jesus as this nice cute baby and wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Isn't he so cute? but failed to have the perspective that Jesus came with far more purpose than just so we can go, ah, isn't he so cute? And the issues, I think that's so often what happens in our world. I was chatting to uh, Mark, uh, uh, our pastor at Hesham yesterday, and I said, this is so often a challenge of our world, isn't it? That they love Jesus at Christmas. But there's so many issues when he starts to grow up and, challenge our status quo he came with a purpose to to live a perfect life to die a perfect death to rise again and ascend to heaven this was the plan all along and without christmas we obviously we wouldn't get easter but you know without easter we wouldn't also have christmas Jesus came with a purpose. And that purpose was so that you and me and this whole cosmos could be reconciled back to God. That as we come back to him, we can can receive his peace. So we can experience that peace on earth to those on whom his favour rests. Now if I'm honest, for some of you might thinking, isn't that a little bit confusing, like who are those on whom his favour rests? Now for some, let's be honest, it leads to the conclusion now that, that God came with peace for only for certain group of people. Or or only the ones that he's chosen, only those ones that have his favour are the ones that can experience his peace. Now, personally, as I've delved into this more, I don't come to that conclusion because as we see the angels say that it was good news of great joy for all the people. For all the people. We read it, and I think not just in the context of what the angels are saying here, but for me, as I read scripture, we see so often that Jesus came for the whole world. That God loves the whole world; that He gave His one and only Son; that whoever, belie- whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. And I think church needs to remember verse 17 as well. For God did not come, did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. I don't think we're, also, we're not we're called to do the same. We're not called to condemn the world, but to join in with His saving mission in loving the world too. No limitations, just a requirement to believe in Him. And I believe what I see the angels are saying here is peace on earth. That you will know peace on earth in relationship with God. In saying yes to Jesus and following Him, you can have favor with God. You see, favor and grace in the Bible, they're so closely linked. It's about God delighting in you. It's not about something you've earned or you deserve. It's about God in His beautiful mercy and grace having favor on you. It's not about never having difficulties or challenges in life, but having the favor of God is that knowledge. An experience of Emmanuel. God with us. God with us on the mountaintops. God's with us in the storms. God with us in COVID-19 and COVID-25. Whatever it might end up being. But God with us through it all. Jesus' purpose Was to make a way for me and you, for your family, for your neighbours, for your community, for our nation, for our world, to experience peace. Peace not found in any other way, shape or form, but through the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Not through horoscopes, spirituality, crystals, whatever other things the world might be looking for peace in. But in Jesus Christ. There's no other way to truly know peace. No other way to truly know peace in the deepest possible way. Both here and now and for all eternity. Than through Jesus Christ. And the angels declare peace. On earth, the announcement that peace has come because Jesus has come. But the challenge is, I suppose, is what, what is our response to this announcement? What, what, how do we then respond to this announcement that we can have peace with God? And, and for me, I absolutely love the shepherds, I love how they respond to this announcement. And, and I, I want to just quickly look together. I don't know how long we've got, but hey, I'm visiting. Um, <laughs> might not get invited back, but I'm visiting. Um, just three things that the shepherds did that I think actually they have really challenged me as I've looked at this afresh this week. And I hope and pray that they will challenge you. And the first one is this, obedience. It says this in verses 15 and 16. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. They hear God speak to them through these angels. They hear the word of the Lord and they don't dwell there going, oh, that's a nice thing to think about and dwell on. They get up and we see they hurry off in response to what God has said to them. They hurry down to see if it's just as they've been told. And there are two things that have challenged me at least. And firstly, I wonder this morning, you may be here and you may never have actually said yes to Jesus for yourself. it no, you may never have entered into relationship with God and, and, and experienced this peace. This peace that you can have through Jesus Christ. See, the shepherds, they obeyed God and they went to investigate, is it truly like this? Is it truly as they've said? And you may be in a position where at the end of this message, I want to give you an opportunity for you this morning to say yes to Jesus for the first time and enter into relationship with him. And you may be ready for that. But I want to encourage you, if you're not ready for that, not just to go, well, I'm not ready, so I'm not going to do anything but to be like the shepherds and investigator they went to see if it truly was as they said and you may be here this morning maybe watching online and you may go in, maybe go in is it truly as good as they say is this christian following jesus stuff really true i want to encourage you to investigate it see if it's just as you've been told and you might be surprised Maybe it's not quite as some of us have said it, but at the same time, you, I would encourage you to investigate the Christian faith for yourself. But I also think for some of us, we know the truth of God's word. We know that God has been speaking to us. We know that maybe there are specific things God's been saying, or, or just we know that maybe our lives have not been aligning with, with God's word. We know we're not living in obedience to the way that God would want us to live. I want to encourage you, let's be more like the shepherds. Let's be those who live lives of obedience. Because truly, the, I believe that the evidence of a follower of Jesus is someone who loves Jesus. But the evidence of love... I believe is obedience. If you want to obey more, if you want your life to, to be more following or you want to follow Jesus more, fall in love with him more. Fall in love with him more. Though no, it's not about just trying harder, and if I do this, this and this, and, and, I, and I force myself to do it, somehow it's going to work. No. It starts with relationship. It starts with intimacy with God. And my prayer for you, my prayer for myself, is that this Christmas, each and every one of us would fall more in love with Jesus. And it would overflow into obedience. The second thing, the second response we, we see from the shepherds is that they spread the word. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about his child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. They heard it. They, they were obedient. They went and saw and experienced it. And they went and spread the word. There are a few times in my life where I've had the, uh, sometimes the privilege, but of meeting someone famous, I want the world to know. I, I, I'm going to pull it on Instagram. I'm going to pull it on Facebook. I'm going to, anyone I see, I'm going to try and like name drop. Oh yeah, I was hanging out with, Christy Mergu. Uh Maybe not. But just are saying, uh, I'm going I'm I'm to name drop them. I'm going to crowbar into any conversation. You might be telling me about this new washing machine you've got. I'm going to tell you that I met so-and-so. Who tells anyone about washing machines? Anyway, um, you can tell I'm looking at moving house. Uh, but as followers of Jesus, we've encountered the King of Kings. We've encountered the true and living God, the creator of the whole cosmos. Yeah, why don't we tell people more? Why don't we name drop Jesus into our conversations? This morning, church, you've entered to, we've come together and we've met together with the King of Kings. We've been worshiping him, we've been singing songs about him, we've been hearing about him. Yet when we maybe step into tomorrow, we maybe aren't as quick to share about him. I want to encourage you that not just at Christmas, that Christmas is such a great opportunity to name drop Jesus. To spread the word. The shepherds heard, so they went and saw it, they experienced it, but they couldn't keep it to themselves. And everyone they told was amazed This Christmas, use this great opportunity to share Jesus. Invite them to church. Invite people to what's happening here in church. Let them know that this is not just about spending loads of money. But this is about remembering that peace is here. And is available to all who have put their trust in Jesus. Spread the word. Thirdly and finally, praise the, the final response, the shepherds was praised. I love how the message version puts verse 20. It says, the sheep herders returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything they'd heard and seen. It turned out exactly the way they'd been told. They obeyed. They saw it just as the angels told them. They spread the word. Then they let loose, glorifying and praising God as they returned to their fields. They're let loose, honouring, giving credit to God, praising and thanking and worshipping him who alone is worthy of our praise for all they would seen, heard and experienced. I wonder where you're at this morning. But if this is true. If this is if this really did happen that two thousand years ago, God became flesh and blood and moved into our neighborhood, was born in Bethlehem, lived the perfect life, died the perfect death, rose back to life again, so that we can know life in all its fullness and experience His peace. How can we not let loose in praise and worship, giving glory and honor? To him. How can that not be our response? How can that not be our, our response this Christmas to the gift of peace that we let loose in worship and praise? Because we've experienced peace. We know peace. His name is Emmanuel. His name is Jesus. And I wonder, church, what your response will be this Christmas. For me, I want my my response to this. I want to be more obedient. I want to be quicker to to name drop and share Jesus. And I want to be, I want to let loose. I don't want to be reserved and sort of just stuck into the status quo because everyone else is doing that. But I want to just say, God, I'm all yours. And I'm going to praise you and worship you and honor you because you're so worthy. You're so worthy of it all. And my words <laughs> they don't really say enough. But what I do have, I'm going to give you, God. My life, my love, my all. It's all yours. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer and be great if the the team want to come and play in the background. And I just want to give us all a moment to not just rush away from this moment. I believe that every time we gather around God's word, God speaks to us. And I believe that because we've done that this morning, God has spoken. Not because of me, but by, through his word, by the power of his spirit. And I just want to leave a moment of quiet where we just invite the Holy Spirit to, to penetrate our hearts. And to, to, to show us what it is that he would want us to do in response to what he's been saying to us this morning. So, God, we pray, come, Holy Spirit. God, I pray that you would speak to us in the stillness right now. Come, Holy Spirit. And as I said during the message, I said I'll give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. And if you're here and you've never said yes to him, you've never entered into a relationship with him, and experienced forgiveness of your sin and, and, and peace with God, while every eye's closed and every head's bowed, it might be that you actually know this morning you've got to come back and get right with him. But while every eye's closed and every head's bowed, I just want to invite you just to, to raise a hand if there's anything spiritual about doing so, but just so I can pray with you, just an indication of saying yes to God. I'd love to just lead you to Jesus or lead you back to him this morning. So if there's anyone, if there's not, that's fine. I'd rather be obedient. But while every eye's closed and every head's bowed, if you're here this morning and you don't yet know Jesus or and you want to come to know him, or actually you know that you need to come back to know him, you've You've maybe walked away and started to do things your own way. To invite you in this, this moment of quiet, just to raise a hand and I'll acknowledge that and I'd love to pray for you. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Just one last invitation. I don't want to labor it, but is there anybody else who wants to say yes for the first time or just want to recommit your life to Jesus this morning? Oh, Jesus went after the one. And God, I just thank you for that hand that's been raised. Lord, I pray that he will know your peace right now. And that for each of us, that we might, in receiving forgiveness of our sin and saying sorry for all the ways that we've done things that don't honor and please you, that Lord, we might just fall more in love with you in response to your grace and forgiveness. That we might receive afresh, each and every one of us, your peace this morning. By the power of your spirit, Lord, we just pray that you will fill us afresh. Lord, I pray that you will give us the boldness to spread your word. That you will empower us to be quick to be obedient to you. And that, God, that we would be those good news, joy-filled people that just want to let loose in praise and worship to the God who alone is worthy of all our praise and worship and adoration. God, I thank you for how your presence is here now and how you're speaking to us. And I pray that you will seal uh, your word in our hearts right now. In Jesus' name, amen.